All right, let's come to God's word this morning. And, uh, you know, there was a time when in the Bible, we look at it in the, in the book of Acts, there was a time of supernatural, amazing church growth, okay, where the church grew fabulously. In, in Acts 2, chapter 241, it says 3,000 were saved and added to their number that day, were baptized. Acts 4, 4 spoke about 5,000 men. Wow. Acts 5, 14 speaks about multitudes of men and women. And it goes on and on throughout the book of Acts. You know, supernatural, amazing church growth. A wonderful time. Now, let me ask you, wouldn't you have liked to be part of this church? Yeah? Yes? Wow. Amazing. So many people being saved. It was great. But, you know, in the midst of of this phenomenal signs and wonders and church growth, we've got to recognize that this was not a perfect church. This was not a perfect church. Great things happening, but not a perfect church. You know, many people are looking, some not many people, some people are looking for the perfect church, isn't it? And, and uh, we're saying, wow, I, w I wish I could find a church that's really perfect. And uh, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon had something to say about this. He says, he says, if I never joined a church till I found one that is perfect, I would have never joined any church at all. He says, and the moment I did find a perfect church and I joined it, it would no longer be perfect because I would have spoiled it. <laughs> so, so really, there is no perfect church. And even if there's a perfect church, the moment you join it, it would not be perfect. All right? Or if I joined it, because we are not perfect. Now, we're going to see what happened in Acts chapter 6. So if you turn with me to Acts chapter 6 and we read the first seven verses. Okay, we're going to see amazing signs and wonders, but at the same time, challenges, problems, threats. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. In those days when the number of Jews was, the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained about the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? What was the great threat about? Food. Distribution of food. You know, and I can tell you, you know, churches will will spat and fight over a chicken leg, isn't it? Yeah, there's one leg and three people want it. <laughs> and there's a battle about the chicken leg. And that it wasn't too far, we're not too far behind from what Acts chapter 6 talks about. So what was the problem? Was two. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Brothers, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. Okay. Wow, good choice of names, people, for all those who are expecting babies. Anyway, they presented those men to the apostles who prayed and laid hand, their hands on them. 
So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. <coughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful, precious word, Lord. Thank you that your word is living and active. Even as we read it, it has the power to transform our thinking and to transform our lives. Lord, I pray for your anointing now upon me, that I would preach your word with your anointing, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive this word and change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> so here we see in these seven verses that the church was growing, but there were threats and there were challenges to destabilize the church. What were the what were the challenges that the church faced? Number one, it says that the widows who were from a Greek background were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. Okay, so remember, this is not a small church of a hundred people. This has got thousands, 10,000 people, lots of people. Okay, and uh, we, we're given to understand that the church was built on linguistic Lines. You had the Hebrew-speaking Jews and the Greek-speaking Jews. And uh, among the Greek-speaking, who are the minority, okay, uh, the Bible speaks about caring for widows. It's there in Timothy. And they were, they were giving food to these widows who had nothing and nobody to care for them. But it happened that these Greek-speaking widows were not getting their rations. All right? That was the problem. And uh, so... So there was a need in the church. There was, a, there was a problem in the church. And even today, in the midst of this pandemic, you know, I've shared with you, there are needs, there are problems. Okay? And uh, what, what do we do about it? Now, I'm going to present to you some different mindsets in the message today that we can have. And there are some mindsets we've got to discard. There are some mindsets we've got to keep. You know, we've got to keep the biblical mindsets. So... One mindset is something called the divorce mindset. And the divorce mindset is this. When something goes wrong in the church, I will leave the church and find another church. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re restate that. This is the divorce mindset, which says, when I face a challenge, an obstacle, a problem in the church, a disagreement with somebody, something doesn't go my way, I'm going to leave this church and join another church. Now, the Greeks here, the widows who were from a Greek background and the Greek-speaking believers did not have that divorce mindset. What did they do? Okay, it's a serious problem. The widows were not getting their food. You know, their rations. You know, the, the Greek widow, the, the Hebrew widows were getting their food. The Greek widows were not getting their rations. So they had every right to be upset in that sense or you know why am I being neglected but thankfully they didn't have a divorce mindset what did they do they did how did they handle the problem okay this is what they did they brought it up to the leadership okay it says it says there that so the 12 gathered all the disciples together it came to the notice of the leadership mm -hmm. they brought it to they applied Matthew 18 to the situation. Okay, if you look at Matthew 18 verse 15, it says this. 
if your brother sins against you, yeah, just turn to that. It's a very important scripture. This, this is something that we will use all the days of our lives on this earth. Okay, and Matthew chapter 18, which says, verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. All right, so that's what the Greeks applied, the Matthew 18 mindset, not the divorce mindset. Okay, the, the divorce mindset says, she spoke rudely to me, I'm leaving the church. Okay, the biblical mindset said, yeah, she must have been upset about something. When she calms down, I will go and talk to her about it. Even if you feel you won't be able to talk to her for whatever reason, you know, you, you can bring it up with a leader in the church and say, you know, I'm having a problem with this person. This is what happened, you know, or come and speak to me or Navaz or somebody, you know, but let's do Matthew 18, 15 first. Go and talk to the person, okay? But now you can also have the Indian mindset. You know what the Indian mindset is? Any guesses? You talk to everybody else but the person concerned. <laughs> Alright? So, not the Indian mindset, not the divorce mindset, but a biblical mindset. Now, let me just clarify. Okay? There are reasons where you would want to leave a church and join another church. We are not saying you're permanently joined to any church. Okay, so one reason is simple. You move permanently to another location. Yeah, somebody moves to America. It's not possible to be part of Word of Grace here. So when you move permanently, great. That's a good reason to leave. Another reason would be if there is something grievously wrong with the doctrine. You know, now there are some churches that don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It would be very difficult for those, those of us who do to be part of those churches. Fine? That's fine. Okay? Or if there is gross sin in the church and it is not being addressed. You know? So, those, so there, there are reasons why you would leave, but not because you don't get your rations. Okay? You first talk about it and deal with it. Okay. The second thing. When there are challenges like this, okay, we've got to be not part of the problem, but part of the solution. Yeah, I'll say it again. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. See what happens here. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. So, what was the apostles' wisdom on this situation? Okay, it's speaking to the Greek Jews, the Greek believers and saying hey guys you choose seven people you handle the distribution of the food how's that okay so you see the solution was that the people who were being affected got involved yeah they got involved to to sort out the problem now in, in the church so that is the biblical mindset i will be part of the solution not I will complain, I will be part of the solution. Now you have people who have something called the consultant mindset in churches. The consultant mindset is like this. They come into your church and they tell you, this is what needs to be done. This is wrong. This can be done better. This is, the worship needs to be done this way. Da, 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 and the list goes on. Now, everything can be improved. Yeah. But 
the consultant won't lift a finger to change things. They are only there to say, this needs to be changed, that needs to be changed. You solve it, I'm not going to do anything. Okay? Now, I, I, want to, I want us to have a biblical mindset. Okay? Even as we come to the to church online, okay? what, what is the biblical mindset? Okay, see, it's like this. So some people can have a consultant mindset. That's not biblical. The biblical mindset is, there is a problem. Can I be part of the solution? Talk to the leadership. Talk to people. All right. The other mindset people can have when they come into a church situation is that they think of the church as a restaurant. Anybody been to a restaurant? Not lately. All the restaurants are shut, but previously. Yeah, we've all been to the restaurant. Think of a nice restaurant, maybe George's restaurant. You know, can you think of their lovely biryani, tandoori chicken, all that. Okay. Now, some people treat the church as a fancy restaurant. So they come in there, they sit down, they say, oh, we want to make sure the AC is good, it's clean, the food. They call the waiter, they order what they want, you know, and uh, biryani, the coke, all that. And then they check it. They say, oh, this, this coke is too warm. Get me another one. Biryani is too cold, get me a warmer, you know, and, and we, we treat, we, we can come in to a church and think of it as a restaurant. At the end of the, of the meal or the meeting, you give in your money and you go out. Okay? Now, now, if there is a problem, you know, let's say, sorry, sir, the fridge is not working or, you know, the, 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 the what is this, the Coke is hot. If there is an issue about something, we can get upset about People get upset in a restaurant and say, oh, I don't like this restaurant. I'll go somewhere else. Now, that's a restaurant mindset. Okay? When we come to the church, we need to think we're not going to a restaurant, but we are going to a family get-together. Okay? Anybody had a family meal at any time where you have the whole extended family coming together. You know, every Christmas we have a family meal and we join my sisters and, you know, their husbands and other relatives in Bombay. And it's a big gathering at my sister's home. And, you know, we, we get together there. Now, if we run out of bread, what do we do? You know, or if we, or if, you know, the curry is cold. I don't tell my sister, hey, there's no bread, the curry is cold. I'm leaving. I'll go to the neighbors. <laughs> you know, well, we don't do that. Okay, we say, what's the need? You know, okay, no bread. I'll run down. I'll get some bread. Okay, curry is cold. It needs to be heated up. I'll heat it up. So we are part of the family. So you see the different mindset? Okay. So when you come into the church, we shouldn't have a restaurant mindset. Okay, we're not here, we're not there where we say the church needs to serve my needs. But we come with a family mindset, so we are, God is our father, we're all brothers and sisters. How can we work together to have a wonderful time together? How can we serve one another? How can we help one another? All right, so the Greek Jews and the Greek widows who were being overlooked, okay, they had a family mindset. They said, yeah, here are seven of our men. We will take them and they will be in charge of the rations. Wonderful. They didn't have a divorce mindset. Okay. Now, that was the first threat or the challenge to the growth of the church. Right? What was the second, the second challenge? Okay. The second challenge was this. 
some people expect the, the, the leadership to do everything. And so here we see in Acts chapter 6 that the apostles gathered together and they said this in verse 3. Okay. Oh, sorry. It says in verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you. Okay. So the other threat was to involve the key leadership in, in things like serving the food. Now, serving is good. You know, that's a very high pr priority at Word of Grace. But in this case, and in, in our case as well, what we want to say is that if you want to be effective, we've got to make sure that everybody is carrying part of the load. Now, I just want to commend many at Word of Grace who serve sacrificially, even now, who serve wonderfully in so many different ways. Great. Okay? And uh, th th that's wonderful. But I, I want to just tell you that, you see, we have an enemy called Satan. And, and he comes in with lies to deceive us and to put things in such a way that we can be deceived. Now I'm going to give you an example. You know, Imagine a little child, three or four years old. It's, he celebrated his birthday and relatives and friends come. You know, this is after the coronavirus lockdown is over. And uh, they give him gifts. And, and one uncle gives him a nice gift, a little envelope with a 500 rupee note in it. Wow. Now this kid doesn't know too much about these notes. He takes it and he puts it in his pocket. And then he goes down to play. And as he goes down to play, he meets another bigger boy there who sees him and says, Hey, you're wearing nice clothes. What's happening? He says, Well, it's my birthday. He says, Wow, okay. And being innocent, he pulls out that envelope and shows him. See, this is what I got for my birthday. He sees in the 500 rupee note. And he's clueless. He just says, yeah, I got this piece of paper. You know? And that boy says, Ah, listen, I'll give you a nice five star. Yeah, you can eat that. This is just a piece of paper. Why don't you give it to me? And being naive, the child may say, yeah, this piece of paper, I don't know what it is. I can't read. This is it. Here, take this. Give me the five star. I can eat that five star and enjoy it. And, and this, my friends, is what Satan can do to us. Okay? Now listen carefully. He deceives us. He shows us something shiny. And he makes what is really good look like nothing, just a piece of paper. Okay. Now, where can this happen? Okay. First of all, we must know that John 8:44 says that when he, that for there is no truth in him, in Satan. When he lies, he speaks his native language. That's what Jesus said. So, how can we be deceived? So, imagine we were all gathering together at Ashirvad Hall. All right. No lockdown. We're all together. We're celebrating. We're serving biryani. And we say, we need volunteers to go and pick up the biryani. And we need volunteers to serve the biryani. Now, it's not a high profile job. Okay. In many ways, people would look down upon it as a menial job. That, my friends, is the satanic deception. You see, we can think of ourselves, oh, I'm a manager. You know, I'm a whatever, you know. Whatever your designation, position, I earn, you know, lakhs of rupees. Oh, you want me to go and pick up the biryani? Give it to somebody else. You, know, you want me to serve the biryani? Give it to somebody else. Okay. 
Now, this is exactly what happened in Acts chapter 6. Okay? They said, choose seven men. Now, how many... Now, first of all, I know there are many in our church who volunteer and do this. Well done for those of you who have served. Okay? But I, I want to speak to all of us today. Listen. These opportunities are opportunities for great blessing and advancement in the kingdom. Okay? Now, can you imagine? We're saying we want seven young men to serve widows' food. You know, how, how many young men would rise up to it? You know, if it was serving young girls the food, hands would go up. <laughs> you know, but these are widows. They may be old, you know, all that. And so that's a different matter. But seven men were chosen. Okay? And these were not just anybody. What were the qualifications for these men? It says there, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Wow, to serve biryani, full of the spirit and wisdom. Those are the qualifications in the church. That's what it is. Okay? Because serving God's people is a great honor. You see, the satanic deception is it's a menial job. Yeah? But the biblical mindset is it's a great honor. Wow. Okay? And, and that's what they did. Now, so they chose seven men and we have the list of the men. He said, this was five. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip and all these other ones. All right. And the apostles commissioned them to serve. Now we may think, great, they serve. We don't hear anything else about the serving after that. But we do see what happened to them after that. Okay. Look at verse 8. Now, this is Stephen, the biryani server. Okay, what happened to him? Verse 8, a man full of God's grace and power did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Wow. All right. He was faithful in little. God gave him much. Okay, he was faithful in little. God gave him much. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen preached a brilliant sermon. Wow, he preached to the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and every brilliant sermon. In Acts chapter 7, he became the first martyr that we know of here. Okay, where he died for the faith. Okay, and, and, and look at him. He was full of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter, um, in Acts chapter 6, verse 15, says this, All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Okay? In Acts chapter 7, verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of heaven. What an amazing experience he had. Okay? In verse 59, we see that he died like Jesus. Verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Wow. Where did this begin? Serving the widows. Isn't that amazing? You know, 
Isn't that amazing? As we are faithful with little, God will give us much. The Bible records the life of Philip. Okay? He also was one of the seven who served the widows, their rations, daily distribution. This is what it was. Okay? What happened to Stephen? Look at, sorry, what happened to Philip? Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all played, paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed, so there was great joy in the city. Wow, that's Philip. He was used to bring a city, Samaria, to the Lord. Not only that, he had this miraculous, amazing experience in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, wow, you know, and he had this whole experience with the Ethiopian eunuch, which we won't get into, but we know that. So let's bring things together. The church of Jesus was growing. Acts chapter 6 was 1. The number of disciples was increasing. But there were challenges, there were threats that would hinder the growth. Whenever we face challenges in our midst, problems or whatever, there is a right way, the biblical mindset, and the wrong way, the divorce mindset, the consumer mindset, the restaurant mindset. Okay? We've got to choose the biblical mindset. That's number one. Okay? Don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. So if you, if you see a need, say, how can I, can I do something to fix it rather than, Colin, you fix it. That's a restaurant mindset. Okay? Next, we see that as we volunteer ourselves to do these so-called menial tasks, yeah, not so, not, not, not some high-profile things. Okay, let's put on the biblical mindset. These are stepping stones to being greatly used by God. That's what it is. Okay, Satan would tell us, "Hey, this is beneath your dignity. You're a big officer. You're a manager. You, you know, you're not called to do these things." That's the lie of the enemy. Okay, my. My, my humble advice and uh, exhortation to each and every one of you is look for every opportunity that you can grab to serve. Because these are stepping stones to greatness. That's what it is. Okay, don't wait to be asked. Okay, but say, hey, where is the need? What can I do? How can I be of assistance? What can I do to advance the kingdom? You know, and... Uh, for example, in this digital age that we are living in, you know, we don't know <coughs> how long we'll be confined to our homes, but online is the way churches are going, organizations are going. Okay, we need help, we need expertise, we need skills, you know, if you can help us, wow, great, give me a call, you know, and we can, we can do that. So, th that is what we are called to do, and we see the end result, okay, feeding the widows, Wow, signs and wonders, much grace, a city being saved, meeting with an angel, you know, salvation of an Ethiopian eunuch. Who knows what God can do in your life? 
It starts small. It starts small. Okay? And uh, great. So, and the end result was this. Verse 7 of chapter 6. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. As we play our role, we will see the kingdom of God advancing. Amen. 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 Can we just, uh, just close our eyes for a minute and let's just meditate upon what we've heard and ask yourself, what kind of mindset do I have? Yeah? Because God will set us free. Okay. Do you have a divorce mindset? Do you have a restaurant mindset? Do you have a consultant mindset? Lord, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, Lord. Lord, we break every stronghold, Lord. And we pray that the truth of your word would penetrate. That we would see your glory. We would see the glory in serving you. And in doing even small tasks for Jesus. Lord, I pray that release upon your people. Upon all of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Over to Sam or well. Um, let's come to the time of prayer. I request uh, Manish to uh, break all of us into, I mean, to break out words.